Here's how we're going to start this thing. We're going to thank Marty and that worship team for incredible worship. And my boy Tim, the drummer, was Tim, are you in here again, Tim? He rocked it in the first uh, sermon this morning. He rocked it again today. Man, it's awesome. One of these days, I'm going to be invited to preach, and I'm going to be able to stand up here, and I'm going to be able to celebrate a big Auburn victory. <laughs> but today is not the day, is it? Today is not the day. If we go ahead and have the, uh, today's passage put up on the screen. It's customary uh, whenever um, Chris or Ashley preach, they usually read the passage first. I'm going to mix it up just a little bit today, and I'm going to give you some context before we read the passage uh, so that when we read it, you have a little bit in your mind of what's going on. What we're going to read today is a letter written by the Apostle Paul from jail, uh, most likely from a very dark, damp, cave-like cell. Uh, He had been captured by Emperor Nero, and Paul writes this letter knowing that he is going to be executed soon. Uh, He realizes when he writes this letter that his, his time is up. And he's writing to Timothy, who is his understudy, who Paul considers to be a son in the faith, to basically say, hey man, I need you to carry on. I need you to like get ready. I need you to continue this thing that we have begun. So what we're going to read from Paul is a little bit instructional, but it's mostly heart and soul, y'all. It's mostly heart and soul. I would say that's true for the Bible in general. Like It is so easy to take the Bible and to make it a textbook. And I want to tell you, I think that's wrong. The Bible is not a textbook. It's a love story. It's a love story. Emperor Nero is ruling Rome. Uh, I I could tell you a lot about Nero, but he is a paranoid, fearful, um, psychopathic leader who is a control freak. I know what some of y'all are thinking right now. And Nero is entering into this time where he's beginning to blame Christians for many of his own faults. He's looking for a scapegoat. And Paul, man, he's the perfect candidate to be a scapegoat. This is a letter. Uh, However, we don't write many letters these days, do we? What do we do? We text, right? So I'm going to try to bring this passage into 2019, and we're going to imagine today that Paul is sending us some text messages from jail, all right? And what does Paul want to communicate to us today? I think the main thing he wants to communicate to us is suffering will come into your life, but you can make it, and you can be strong. And there are habits of your faith, like Ashley was talking about, there are habits of your faith that will actually hold you up in suffering. 
And so I'm going to try to break those down, okay? So let's read the passage. 2 Timothy, starting in chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace and mercy and peace from the Father God and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God. Remember where Paul is writing this letter. I am grateful to God whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did. When I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I am sure this faith lives in you. For this reason, I remind you, Timothy, rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel. Relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Amen to that. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality. He has brought it to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do. But I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. For I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you, Timothy. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you today and we just want to acknowledge that that we are not where Paul was. Our lives are not being threatened because of our faith. But we do suffer. We do suffer. This passage, Lord, has so much in it about how we can move and act and persevere in suffering as followers of Jesus. So what I pray very simply is that you just open our eyes, 
unclog our ears, give our heart the ability to see what you're saying to us about following you and what are those habits, those habits of the faith that will hold us up during times of suffering. Pray that you would help us to see that, Jesus. Amen. In 2007, um, one of my favorite authors, Cormac McCarthy, uh, his book, No Country for Old Men, was made into a film by the Coen brothers. How many of you have seen that movie? Pretty rough movie. But I love that movie because it wrestles with reality. The movie is about a West, West Texas sheriff... Um, a sheriff named Ed Tom. It's a heck of a name, isn't it? Ed Tom. And he's at the end of his life, toward the end of his career, not the end of his life, but he's aging, and he's really wrestling with himself. He's, he's starting to come to the place where he realizes that the evil he faces is above him. And he feels very much like a failure. He feels like he can't handle it anymore. And he's going to quit. He's going to hang it up. He's going to turn in his badge. Before he does that, he goes out into the middle of the desert to visit his cousin, Ellis. And Ellis is this kind of crotchety old guy who's in a wheelchair. He's got about 20 cats that lives in his house. And he's just kind of a weird dude, right? And he goes out to visit Ellis. And he basically wants to explain to his cousin that he's quitting. And at one point in the conversation, Ed Tom, who's played by Tommy Lee Jones, he kind of stares out the window into the West Texas countryside, and he's sort of contemplating his life. And he says this. I'll do my best West Texas accent right here. He says this. He says, you know, when I got older, I just kind of always figured that God would just sort of come into my life, but he didn't. I don't much blame him. I got the same opinion of myself as he's got of me. And his cousin Ellis is sitting over there in a wheelchair and he says, ah, man. You don't know what God thinks. He says, Ed, Tom, the truth is, you can't stop what's coming. You can't stop it. That leads me to the first text message that I think Paul would send us today. Go ahead and pull that up. <laughs> pretty, pretty crafty there, isn't it? Here's what I think Paul would say to us today. My time is short. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself because you can't stop what's coming. Suffering is upon us. I think in our world of uh, American Christianity, we have been deceived a little bit. We have been sold a bill of goods oftentimes. 
and the bill of goods we've been sold is, hey, if you can get things right with God, if you can sort of nail that thing down, if you can pray enough, if you can give enough, if you can sort of make it to church, you know, three out of four Sundays, guess what? Your life will go better. Things will go smooth for you. And I just got to tell y'all, that's not true. That's not true. There's nowhere in the scriptures that it says that there can be a deal between me and God and that if I can just get my life together and sort of my spiritual life together that I won't have to suffer. And I'll actually even go as far as to say this. I think the fact that as American Christians that we believe that so often actually damages our faith greatly because it makes us come off looking so fake and false. I think one of the first things Paul would want to say to us this morning is, don't be shocked in your suffering. Be ready for it. Anticipate suffering. I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you. Are you surprised by suffering? Is there any part of you that is disappointed that your commitment to following Jesus hasn't sort of eliminated your sufferings? Is there any part of you that feels that? A little bit, little bit angry. A little bit ticked off with God. Man, I thought I had it nailed and I'm still having to deal with death and suffering, pain, hurt. Is there any part of you that associates suffering with punishment from God? I'm suffering, therefore I must be paying for something that I did. I want to say two things to you this morning that that I think Paul would say. Number one, if you said yes to any of those, you are absolutely normal. Normal. Like you and me, we got the same issue. I I think those things a lot. Here's the second thing I would want to say to you. Suffering is not punishment from God. Suffering is not punishment from God. When he went to the cross, he finished it, y'all. He does not have to punish us ever again. Now, we can create our own circumstances that feel like punishment, okay? And sometimes it's hard to distinguish. But I want you to know, when you leave here today, if you are going through a time of suffering, it is not punishment from God. That is not biblical. That's not biblical. And here's the last thing I want to say about this. If you're a follower of Christ and you really want to have a stout, substantial faith, you need to stop being so shocked by suffering. You just need to be ready for it. You need to embrace it. Uh, Larry Crabb is one of my mentors in life. I don't know him personally really well, but I have had the opportunity to spend three weeks with him at different points. He's a Christian psychologist. He's written a a number of books. I would highly recommend anything he's written. The thing I love about Larry Crabb is he's so real. He's not fluffy. He's kind of grumpy, but he's really real, and I love that about him. 
He wrote a book years ago called Shattered Dreams, just about our disappointments in life. And uh, I wanted to quote this. He says, you know, God is just really not cooperating with us to make our lives work out. (laughs) So blunt, right? God is just really not cooperating with us to make our lives work out. And frankly, that's just a shock to a lot of us. Like, I just can't believe that. Man, I just, I thought that's the way it worked. That is not the way it works. What we need to do is we need to make a shift, and this is sort of our first spiritual habit for the day, is we need to make a shift from shock to embracing suffering. Embracing suffering as a part of the Christian life. Paul sent us another text message. Here's what it says. The world needs your courage now more than ever. Remember the faith of your grandmother and your mother. They have given you a gift. The gift of a gritty faith. Pass that faith on to the next generation. What does it mean to have a gritty faith? Anybody want to answer that for me? What does it mean to have a gritty faith? I don't really know. I don't know exactly what that means. I've got an idea of what it might include. But sometimes I really struggle in my faith. Sometimes I don't feel like my faith is all that gritty. So for me to stand up in here and tell you what a gritty faith is, I don't know, man. I'm still wrestling with it. But here's two things that I think it means based on what I can gather from this passage. Here's what I notice is that Paul makes a reference to the grandmother and the mother and how they pass that faith down to Timothy. And here's one characteristic of a gritty faith. is someone who takes time in their life to reflect and cultivate a sense of gratitude for the people in your life who have allowed you to be here today. Every person sitting in this room today is here because of someone else. It may not be your mother and your father, For many of you it is, but somebody in your life has influenced you and brought you to this place today. When's the last time you actually thought about thanking those people? You want to talk about a spiritual habit? That's a good one right there. Thanking the people in your life who have blessed you. Here's 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 another ingredient to a gritty faith. Taking the time to cultivate a deep sense of calling in your life. Here's what I mean. We want to reflect back on the people who brought us here. And we want to have some time in our lives to think about who do I want to impact? Who do I want to pass the faith on to? Because it ain't all about me. It's not all about me and my happiness. Who am I responsible, and I use that word responsible, who am I responsible to pass it on to and to be a blessing to? Now, here's the problem. 
The problem is, we don't have much time, do we? We don't have much time. Everybody in here, I bet if we went around this room, everybody would say, man, I'm so busy right now. So busy. Everybody's busy. You know what we're busy doing a lot of times? Some of y'all in here listen to about 10 or 12 podcasts every week. I hear y'all giggling because you know it's true. Some of y'all in here watch Netflix all week long. Giggling, yeah, I know it's true. Some of y'all in here watch every sporting event that comes on TV. This is like, entertain me, entertain me. Can I just tell you what you need more than listening to 10 or 12 podcasts every week and more than watching Netflix and all the documentaries and all the things your friends told you to watch? Can I tell you what you actually need? You need to not watch all that Netflix. You need to actually say, you know what? I get it. All those podcasts are really cool, but what I actually need is probably some time to think and be quiet. Here's the way I put it. What you actually need is to make a shift in your thinking from, I want to be a person of great information. I want to have a lot of information. I want to know, know, know everything. To a person who is actually being transformed in their heart. It's information versus transformation. Which one are you? Do you love information? Are you an information geek? I can kind of go that way really quick. You ask my wife. I've got books and my little headphones that drive her crazy. You got your headphones on again. Yes, I do. I can go there too. I have to challenge myself to cut some stuff out. Cut some of that stuff out. I don't need all that information. If all I ever get is somebody else's thoughts coming into my brain, I don't really have time to cultivate a sense of gratitude for who's brought me here, and I don't really have time to think about my calling for who I want to impact. That's what Paul's saying to us today. Get quiet. Settle your heart. Where was Paul writing this letter? It's okay, y'all can talk. Where was Paul writing this letter? Reckon he had plenty of time? Sure he did. It's almost like you've got to create your own little quiet space, right? Not jail, but your own little quiet space. This book right here is my prayer book. I've got seven or eight prayers in this book. And what I do in the morning is I get out on my patio on a nice morning and I'll read through my daily prayers. And I'll sit out there quietly for about five or ten minutes and then I'll spend some time reading the Word and then I'll spend about five minutes being quiet. I don't do that every day. I don't want to give you the impression I do that. I'm lucky if I hit three or four days a week, to be honest with you. But man, it is so refreshing to me and it gives me such... Um, it, it just opens my eyes up to what I'm actually living for. You know what I mean? What am I living for? Here's the third text message from Paul. 
How you handle your sufferings will tell the story of our faith. But be encouraged, all will be well. Death has no power over us. Do what you've always done. Just keep doing it. Just keep going. And what are those things that Paul would say, hey, I just want you to keep doing these things. Keep chopping away at these things. Don't let your feelings stop you from doing these things. I got three things for you that you just need to keep chopping away at as a Christian. Chopping, chopping, chopping. First one is prayer. Be a person of prayer. Christians do that. We pray. That is a part of who we are. But what happens? Sometimes we just get weary, right? And y'all ever been weary in prayer? Like, God, man, I just, like, I just don't think I can pray. I don't have the emotional and spiritual energy to pray. Anybody ever been there? I'm the only one? <laughs> Dang. Maybe I shouldn't be preaching. <laughs> That's why I have daily prayers, so that when I don't feel like praying, I just say my prayers. You see that? See how that works? I've got daily prayers that I pray regardless of how I feel. So when I don't feel like praying, I say my prayers. It's a great little little way for me to think about it. Here's the second one that you got to chop away at as a Christian. Worship. Worship. There is something so spiritual about you waking up on Sunday morning and bringing your butt here to be with others, to worship God. That is such a glorious thing. To just come in here and just to receive the worship that Marty and his team just put on us is a blessing. You may not feel like coming. You may be in a time of suffering. It's okay. Just bring it. Just bring your fanny here and just stand here and just receive the worship. Just receive it. Just let it pour over you like water. Right? That is, a, that is a staple of our faith. That is a habit of a Christian, is that they show up to worship with other people. It's okay if you don't feel like it. We don't really care how hard you're singing. Okay? Just be here to receive and just let it flow over you like a, like a waterfall. All right? Here's the third one that you have to chop away at as a Christian. Be generous to others. There's nothing better for somebody who's going through a period of suffering than to say, yep, I'm suffering and, love that word, and, yep, I'm suffering and I'm going to go do something for somebody else. I got a good friend here with me today who is an incredible example to me of what it means to suffer and to continue to be a blessing to others. been through a lot of crap and he's an incredible example of what it means to not allow his crap and his mess to dominate him because he's tough in his faith he's gritty he's gritty and the last text message from Paul says this I love this 
I took a little creative license here. <laughs> finally, finally, I have a message for you to send to Emperor Nero. Nero, you think you've won. But guess what? You can't stop what's coming. You can't stop what's coming. Let me tell you what's coming for Nero. Nero is about to realize that all his power and all his money and all his kingdoms are worthless compared to the power of Jesus. Nero, you can't stop what's coming because in the end, Christ has come and he will come Let's do that one more time. Christ has come and he will come again. Y'all realize Christ is not going to be defeated. Somebody said amen. Let me say that one more time. Christ is not going to be defeated. We can really take hope in that, y'all. That's a real problem for the great powers of institutional oppression, that's a big problem for them. Christ has come and he will come again. Christ has abolished death. Christ has given us the Holy Spirit. He's coming again. I'll say that one more time. He's coming again. And guess what? Hope and love win. Hope and love win. Hope and love win the day, baby. Yes. We don't have to be afraid of Nero. That's what Paul's saying. That's what Paul's saying. That's a spiritual habit right there. It's called the practice of hope. The practice of hope. How often do you practice hope? Sometimes you've got to give yourself a little pep talk, right? Get in the mirror. Talk to that person. Say, hey, you've been kind of... You've been kind of, you know, down and out. Remember, Christ will come again. Love and hope win. So to conclude, I'll say this. Four spiritual habits that we can really embrace from this passage from Paul. Number one, don't be shocked by suffering. Don't don't be one of those American Christians that's just shocked that you're suffering. Take the time to slow down and develop a sense of gratitude for those who brought you here and a sense of calling for who you want to impact going forward. That's a real good spiritual habit right there. But you've got to get quiet. You've got to cut some of that stuff out. Here's the third one. Do the faithful things that Christians have always done. Be a person of prayer, be a person of worship, and be a person of generosity toward others. That's good. I know that's not mind-blowing, but that is just so good. And last is, hey, practice hope. Practice hope. Tell yourself over and again, Christ has come and Christ will come again. Love and hope win. So sorry for you, Nero. So sorry for you, bro.
you lose. Amen to that? Amen to that. In a little bit, we're going to have a, a time of prayer. And uh, I would just encourage you to come up and receive prayer. Some of you may say, man, I need, I need prayer that I could just live in the reality that suffering is a part of our life. I've kind of been, I've kind of been in fantasy land. And I've kind of been angry toward God. Some of you may come and say, man, I need prayer to slow down and to carve out some of the distractions in my life and to find some time to cultivate gratitude and calling. That's a good prayer, y'all. Some of you might, see, might say, I need prayer to just be faithful in prayer, in worship, in generosity toward others. And some of you may say, man, I need prayer to just start practicing hope a little bit more in my life. Those are all good prayers. Pick one. Think about which one of those you just kind of want to hang on to for a week or 10 days or two weeks and and just kind of chop wood on that. Pray about that. Okay. Thank you so much for allowing me to share with you today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the sermon today. My name is Chris McDaniel. I am the pastor here on the west side at Trinity in Atlanta. At Trinity, our mission is to be a people who are growing into Christ-likeness. And if you want to find out more information about Trinity or get connected to the life of the church, please visit us at atltrinity.org. Thanks. God bless.